Hey everybody, this is David Fournier from Raise Your Standards, Love Your Life. Welcome back to one of the episodes here on the podcast, and thank you so much for hanging out. I know it's been a while since the last one, and I am promising to start getting some more material out there to you. Don't forget to share the Facebook page with your friends, get other people signed up, because I really appreciate it. Tonight, I want to talk to you about four major impact areas. Four major impact areas. You know, I meet a lot of people who are just really great people, and they're going through some challenges and they're kind of in a, in a state of mind or kind of in a flow state where because they're facing challenges, maybe they don't have all the new cars everybody has. Maybe they're not living the high life. Maybe they don't own their home or they're working on a, a white or, you know, a blue collar or now they call them pink collar jobs. Uh, and there's all these challenges. They, don't, they feel like somehow that their contribution level is limited. And I don't think that's true at all. I love guys like Tony Robbins, uh, Dean Grazazio. Uh, Jim Rome, uh, Rohn, when he was around, and you know some of these great guys that inspire people and lead people and direct them. The problem is, though, that every once in a while you can kind of get the idea that if you're not at like Tony's level, if you're not at Dean's level, Matthew McConaughey just did a fantastic uh, set of seminars with with Tony and Dean, and you can look at that and say, "Well, I'm not a famous actor or actress. I'm not. I'm not wealthy." There's a lot of things you could say about yourself that can kind of discount it. The fact is, and we're going to talk about four of them tonight four of them the fact is you have something to offer now remember don't get down on yourself for having struggles i mean expect the journey is going to be harder than you imagine always expect the journey to be harder than you imagine so maybe for you it feels like a really huge struggle and it probably is and it's really difficult and you're fighting tooth and nail and and you're trying everything you know and you want to make the people in your family, you know, happy and you want to you want to be able to push through things. You want people to to be able to have the things they're looking for, the things that they need. And you fight and and you go in there and you're doing the job and you're doing everything. But there's a lot of uh, obstacles and challenges out there. This does not mean that you're not doing a great job. We've become we've become so result orientated and we're not thankful for the process anymore. I mean, think about it like this, like I can get up every morning and I can go to a job, and I can earn the money to take care of my family. Am I where I want to be? No. Am I earning what I want to see myself earning? No. Do I have all the trappings of all the things that other people have? Probably not. But what I do have means something to me because nobody gave it to me. It means something to me because I have to go out every day and, and, and put in the work to, to get it, to keep it. And I want to tell you something very important right now. If something has meaning to you, do what you ha- do what you can, do what you ought to be doing to make sure you keep that in your life. Because one day you're going to walk away. Today, by the way, is September 11th, and it just made me think about this meme I post every year, or this uh, Facebook post I do every year. It talks about, you know, September 10th, and how many of those people, from office workers to the people on the planes to the people in the towers at the Pentagon, the police officers, the fire department, how many of them went to bed on September 10th and woke up September 11th? like most days they'd faced and had no idea that a giant event was going to take place. And and thousands of people lost their lives in just a matter of a few hours. So if you have something to say, if you got somebody you need to make things right with, if if you got somebody that means something to you, then do what you have to keep them. Do what you need to do to keep them. Because uh, in life, there's no long goodbyes. Sometimes it's very tragic. But there are four things I want you to think about. Number one is you can always contribute whatever place or state of mind your life is in. You can always contribute whatever place or state 
or state of mind you find your life in. You know, Tony Robbins always, and again, back to Tony Robbins, Tony Robbins talks about how the fact that some of your greatest problems would be dreams for other people to have. Now, I know that relative psychology isn't very helpful sometimes, but think about that. We can get so down on ourselves and so upset with what's going on and so just, it doesn't seem right. I, I didn't see myself being here at this age. I hate when people say that. I didn't see myself to be and being in the spot. Well, everything you did led you to this spot. Shouldn't be a big surprise, but I get it. And we get down on ourselves to the point we think we don't have anything to contribute. But, you know, um, surprisingly, you really do. I saw something ha- or, or happen today that really caught my attention. This uh, young man that I work with, him, he's young. He's like 25. I have shoes older than him. Um, he went to lunch. And I noticed when he came back, he had, he had his tire, you know, our, our company tire wheel shirt on. And he had like a, a green undershirt. I had been giving him a hard time about his undershirt, the color green it was, you know, joking around with him. And he came back from lunch and it was gone and he was just not wearing it. And I thought, oh man, I feel really bad. I I ripped on him so much. He had gone across the street to Safeway to get something to eat. And there was like a homeless dude out in front asking people if they had an extra shirt because he didn't have one and it was raining. It was kind of cool today. And he went into Safeway to ask him if they had a lost and found. And, and they, they just told him no and kind of booted him out of there. And and while Pablo was in there, you know, buying his food, he could hear some of the people, the cashiers kind of joking about this guy. So he asked them if he could use the restroom. They had to have a code now to get in the restroom because we can't have homeless people who are suffering without the ability to go to the bathroom anywhere going into places to go to the bathroom. So now we just lock them out of it because ain't it America. And he went in there and took off his shirt, put his tire roll shirt back on and walked outside and handed his shirt to this guy. Now, I don't know what Pablo's financial conditions are. I don't know what his relationship conditions are. I don't know much about the guy. I just met him, uh, you know, within the last, you know, three to four weeks. But that really caught my attention. You can contribute in whatever place or state you find your life in. The guy needed a shirt and Pablo felt like he had an extra one. And we talked about it for a few minutes, you know, afterwards about how, how amazing that was that he did that. And, you know, and how it was irritating to him that people were making fun of this guy. And how right it is to be irritated by that. But wherever you're at, you can always do something. Something as simple as is, is just opening a door for somebody, helping somebody get their groceries you know, from their cart into their car, being a positive influence. You can always contribute. Art, do you have to be in the A team? Do you have to be in the zone? Do you have to all those things that we hear, you know, um, getting my, you know, whatever, getting my on and I'm going to crush my goals today. Those things are all really great but they don't in themselves have any meaning or have any value, especially if you're just not a very decent human being. You can always contribute whatever place or whatever state your life is in. It doesn't matter. You can look at yourself again and say, oh, I'm X amount of years old and I should be in this place. Well, we're not. But that doesn't mean that you have, don't have valuable experiences behind you that you can talk to people. You know, like I said, this guy is 40 years younger, almost 40 years younger than me. I've seen him a few more things than he has. Not because he's a bad guy. I'm just an old person. And often we talked in the last you know, few weeks as we've been working together about how, what was this like. And he said to me today something that caught my attention. He was in elementary school when 9-11 happened. I was like, oh, my God. I was uh, working on convincing Janet to marry me when, I, when 9-11 happened. Wow. Okay. Different places, I guess. But we all have something. Number two, you can be flawed and, and still be a hero to someone. 
You can be flawed and still have a be a hero to someone. I think when I watch, I don't watch much TV, um, you know, or regular some shows that I do like. But I've always noticed I'm always drawn to conflicted characters, people who have a really great side to them, but they also battle with um, the morality of the position that they may find themselves in. Whatever the show may be, whoever the person, flawed character, somebody who. You're watching their character trajectory at first. You really just don't like them because they're just a nasty person. And they kind of start turning that corner. And yet, even though they're flawed, even though they've made mistakes, I've made mistakes in my life, horrible mistakes in my life. I've hurt people. I've disappointed people. I've done the wrong things in my life. And I can keep bringing those things up and telling myself, well, look what you did. Look how you act. Look how you behave. And really have a sense that I don't have any value or any contribution that I can do to. But at the end of the day, it's not true. Because you can be flawed and still be a hero to somebody. You can be, you can really have gone through some things and, and made challenging uh, choices and are really working through hard times and yet still have compassion or a word of advice or a kind phrase. You can still be and probably are, if you're willing to be honest with yourself, someone's hero. I think we're, we're, what we're doing is we're chasing the results at such a high rate that we think if we're not there, we're not worthy. If we're not there, you shouldn't com contribute. I noticed, I will say this, that when I'm talking personally in my life right now, I have noticed in my life that when my flaws become known or my flaws become public, the flock scatters. They can't move fast enough to get out of the way of pretending that they know me or that we were ever friends. Um, talk about being dropped like a hot potato, and maybe rightfully so. No judgment here. But that reaction that you get from people when they, oh, you did that, or you've been there, or, or you think like that, the reaction that you get to them also makes you pull back and go, man, I, I, I'm not a very good person. The fact is you are. You've made mistakes. You've done the wrong things. But at the end of the day, you could be flawed and still be somebody's hero. There's people who are looking up to you right now who may be counting on you. It could be something simple as your kids who count on you for, you know, just take the basics, man, the food, the water, the shelter, the, the drive to class, you know, getting their homework done, the, buying their stuff for home company, the simple, you know, blocking and tackling things that come on with parenthood. You could be somebody who's flawed and yet still have great value and still be a hero. Number three, and this one's even a little more personal, but you could be wounded. And still be a healer. Uh, several years ago, I worked with a friend of mine named Jerry Gothi, and we were trying to find a way. You know, the, the church, Christ, Christianity, is, always wants to help people, and they always kind of want to get into not the counseling business, but the counseling mindset. And the fact is, you just really need to be trained to do that. So Jerry was a trained is a trained counselor, and we started building peer, peer counseling classes through a church called Olive Branch out in Corona, California. A wonderful man, Pastor Ike Riddle. He's since retired. Um, we began working with people and finding out what the commonalities were and, and studying and just basically creating a peer counseling training. Now, again, the, the licensed MF, MFCCs, the, the family therapists, the people that have gone through the college and the internship, that's your best bet. Make no, sense, make, make no mistake about it. But the peer counseling project, the idea of it was to determine what level that people can think of it like a triage to find out what level they were at. And, you know, how deep were the concerns and the challenges and be able to refer them off to counseling resources that, you know, that actually could help them along the way. People who were trained to do it. 
Well, during that time, it was the first time I'd ever heard the phrase wounded healers. Wounded healers. Because it never really had occurred to me that, I know this is embarrassing, but it never really occurred to me that a person who has broken a leg and recovered from breaking a leg is probably the best person to give advice to somebody who broke their leg and doesn't know what the how, where do you go from here. I, I can't imagine um, a man teaching a class on pregnancy and labor pains. I've seen a lot of bar- live births in my day. I have a lot of kids. That still doesn't put me globally in the position to begin to comment about, well, this is what you can expect. I can tell you what, from a guy's perspective, maybe what it feels like to watch this show go on, but I'm not the one going through it. But that idea of a wounded healer, we so quickly discount somebody who is struggling. We we slap titles on people. Oh, that person is depressed. That person has anxiety. That person has this. Now, and they do have those things, and those are real things, and mental health is a really, a, a very serious subject that years ago used to be so taboo. Now we're finally talking about it. But because somebody is depressed or somebody is suffering from anxiety or somebody has ADHD or all the other bipolar and and all the other things that can come out of it, it doesn't discount their humanity to say, even though that person is wounded, they can still contribute in people's lives as a healer. None of those things disqualify somebody from helping somebody else. Because we're establishing these targets of what people should look like, act like, sound like, how they should present themselves. These are the people we take advice from. But in fact, more than likely, if you're somebody who's battling with anxiety, you need advice from somebody who's going through that. If you're battling with with depression, let's say you have a debilitating disease, something in your body. I have a great friend, Eric Cole, uh, just a good guy. We're born like two months apart. I think I'm younger. Well, I'm definitely better looking, but he's younger and older. I don't remember. And Eric has, I can't remember pronounce this correctly, but this thing in his body that uh, everything starts to slow down, his hands start to cramp up, and and anything can trigger it. Heat, cold, exhaustion, walking around too much. And he was a world-class cyclist, a racing cyclist over in Europe. And this came on him, and of course, that was the end of the cycling. And uh, Eric is just a good guy, and I watch him go through that now. Eric tells me what it's like to live his life and how he how he manages things. And that helps me gain perspective on what it's like to be him. But he is most effectively to be used as a tool to reach people that are in that similar spot. You can be wounded and still be a healer. You have meaningful dialogue. And number four, you can be discounted and still be of great value. You can be discounted and still be of great value. I've come to see in life, and hopefully uh, it's not just me, maybe you've experienced it too, but I've noticed with people that you're, when your usefulness runs out to them, when you're no longer producing the product they're looking for or the time that they're looking for or the thing that they're looking for, when they're, you're no longer doing that, the relationship sours pretty quickly because they're not getting from you whatever it was they were you were giving them in the first place, and it could be anything fills in that block and be you begin to come not as important to them you have certain things that you do and it really becomes all about what you do for them it's not a push-pull relationship you know where one's going one way one's going the other way and you can get discounted um i've noticed i mean it's it's sad it's sad but i've noticed that uh at my age i get discounted 
people look and say, well, how many more years could this guy possibly have? And you, can, you hire somebody at Dave's age, you're only going to get two more years out of him, he's going to be dead. What about uh, you ladies that struggle with your weight? Have you ever been discounted? Have there been time when so, when you're being interviewed for a job or something's happening, people look at you and they say, oh, well, look at this person, they're overweight. And of course, they couldn't possibly do this, where you're more than likely would be exactly the person that could do it in exactly the best way possible. You can be discounted and still be of great value. I want to break that down a little bit uh, and explain kind of what I mean by that, because I think it's important that we that we think about that. We often discount ourselves. I want you to think of that discount like getting money off of something. We all love to go to the store and the $25 sweater is $15. It's on sale. It's on a discount. That's a good thing. But what that means, if you think about it, it means that I got a sweater at a lesser price, which is good for my wallet, good for your pocketbook, good for your, I get that. But in our relationships, that's not good. Getting, getting something for less is not good because what does that do it demeans the value what often happens part of the discounting experience is if if we're thinking if we need something from somebody else we're asking something from somebody else and and we're, we're trying to get something from somebody else because we sense that's going to be fulfilling that space that we create there waiting for them to contribute and to do whatever this thing is that we're asking them to do is this empty space in our life it's empty. There's nothing there. There's nothing of value there. And they're not doing whatever it is you're trying to get them to do or whatever you think really matters. And maybe you've talked to them about it. Maybe you haven't. If you haven't, you need to. And that empty space stays like that. And suddenly that empty space becomes all consuming and all absorbing. And it's the only thing you think of. It isn't about the person anymore and what, you were, what you're trying to fulfill in this relationship. It's about the empty space. And then you start throwing things into the empty space to try and fill it. They may be things that really don't matter, or they could lead to some serious wrong decisions, but you're working on that empty space. You discounted yourself there because you put yourself in a spot that says, I need this from this person. When in fact, the truth is you're everything you need. Is it great to have input from other people? Is it great to love other people? Is it great to, yeah, man, that's just, that's just building more meaning and more value in my life. But at the same time, my life doesn't hinge on just the idea of what I get from other people. Don't discount yourself. Don't sell yourself short and don't sell yourself short with other people. So number one, you can always contribute whatever place or state you find yourself in. Number two, you can be flawed and still be someone's hero. And believe me, I know that to be true. Number three, you can be wounded and still be a healer and you'll probably be the best possible healer because you understand what the person is going through. You have a strong sense of empathy. And number four, you can be discounted. People can look at you because of how you look or where you live or what color your skin is or what gender you are or what age you are. And they say, well, that person's not capable of it. You can be discounted by all of society, but still yet have that great value. You can still have that great value. You can't think your way to happiness. I mean, you just can't think your way to happiness. There's going to be some work. And like I said in the beginning, expect the journey to be harder than you imagine. I get that. Embrace the challenges. Embrace the suck. We've talked about that before. But here's the biggest problem I see that we have. All of us. It starts with me. Our biggest problem 
is that we think we shouldn't have problems. When in fact, problems are just opportunities showing themselves where there's an improvement area. It's life punching back. We've all been through it. You know in your life, you know that you're going to get punched in the mouth, right in the mouth by life. And it'll probably knock you down to your knees. And you get back up and you dust off and you keep moving forward. You think to yourself, why am I going through this? Why am I having these problems? Why does this always happen to me? Why? Because there's a message in those problems. There's a message from the universe that says, hey, you need to wake up and figure this out. I keep sending you this same lesson and same test and you keep failing it. So I'm going to keep giving you the lesson until you pass the test. Problems are opportunities. And when you're struggling with your problems, get a better set of problems. Well, I can't answer this one, but maybe I can answer this. And make sure, make sure that you're giving yourself credit even for the smallest of wins. Even the time you just get it right, or you just get over the curb, or you just solve it, give yourself credit. Give yourself credit. Because we look at our state sometime, we compare it to others, and we think, I don't have anything to contribute. We look at people around us that everybody admires them and everybody respects them and we think, I'm too flawed to be somebody's hero. We think of all the things we've suffered and all the things that have happened to us in our lives and we think, I don't really have the ability to help someone else. We look at things we say, man, I wish I had that kind of value. Remember, you assign the meaning and value to things in your life. Nobody else does. And we've been discounted and, and often that's us. We've sold ourselves cheap. And yet the truth is, you can always contribute whatever state your life is in. You can, all, you can be flawed and still be someone's hero. You can be wounded and still be a healer. You can be discounted and still be of great value. My name is David Fournier. Thanks for joining me on the Raise Your Standards Love Your Life podcast, now available on Spotify.